Hello and welcome to Star Trek Reliant. I'm the DM for this episode, Bazag, and um, be very, very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. But while we're hunting rabbits, let's introduce some people. Let's start with our first officer. Oh crap, that's me. Hi, I'm Dr. Eli O'Connor. And uh, how about a captain and associated characters? Duncan, that's you. Duncan! He said he was yeah. not getting a very good Oh, sorry. No, 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 hold on, guys. I'm on push to talk, and that only works if I've clicked the uh, the browser. So, hello, everyone, and welcome to Reliant, where technical issues are currently a thing of the present. So, good luck, everyone. Yay, technical difficulties. Please stand by. And while we're standing by, Kaha. What, you mean like you don't have Discord on the top all the time? I do. No one, am I doing it wrong? I've got it as a browser. And I also have, you know, the, the sound thingy on the side. I've made things complicated. Well, someone who isn't complicated, you're a rogue. This is Charob, the security officer, target wrangler. And asset relocation specialist. And we do have DB Wells incoming, but he's not quite here at the moment, so uh, we'll introduce him when he gets in. So uh, don't forget, we have an email. Reliant uh, at starbaseugc.com and uh, send us an email, send us feedback, send us fanfics, pictures, whatever you want to send us. We're happy to receive them. So, uh, with all that done, with all the um, technical, technical difficulties hopefully out of the way, let's start today's session. Uh, today, the Reliant is still uh, orbiting the Dwemer homeworld. Um, Reliant has been the first contact point um, for the Dwemer and basically being the con. Um, the conduit by which Starfleet Diplomatic Corps has been uh, interacting. Uh, Alliance itself hasn't is just being quiet. It's all you know, like high level diplomatic discussions, um, which basically uh, the right has been used as a essentially a relay station. So, in the meantime, um, does anyone have any scenes aboard the Reliant? Uh, everything cuts out to Setsa and Kara's quarters for a moment. And then Kara is looking in a mirror somewhere and notices the lines on the plates on her face. She mashes a finger against one and kind of wipes it across, wondering what's up. She blinks an electronic eye and turns away from her reflection and walks down a glass hallway. Down below, far below, is an area of mountains and valleys filled with trees, all under the glass under her feet as she is thousands of feet in the air. She walks along towards a blast door at the end of the hallway. As it opens, a white light overtakes her vision, and then she sits up in bed, suddenly awake. That dream again. What is that? She grumbles, spending a moment thinking, and then hops out of bed and gets dressed, leaving the room. All righty then. Now, um. Oh, dang it. Oh, hold on, hold on. I was doing some push talky stuff. 
No, I heard Setsa apparently moaning and half awake, but... I was narrating after that, so I'm just going to go back to my usual map. Okie dokie. So, anyway, um, Setsa was just in her bio bed, uh, just groaning, and not having a best night's sleep with the regeneration cycle. Uh, Captain Graves, you get uh, priority one call from Starbase Magellan. Graves nods. He's in his ready room. Cup of coffee in one hand, cinnamon roll in the other. Kind of wipes a little bit of the cinnamon roll off on his uh, uniform. Looks down, sighs, and just uh, hits the comm button for the message that's coming in. Um... The message is is uh, pretty is, is um, pretty much a not a distress call but uh, an emergency response. Um, the USS Cerberus has uh, part of the Federa- uh, Federation's contribution to the uh, Alliance Exploration Initiative has not has one gone missing and has not um, called in to response. Uh, their last known coordinates are included in the message, and um, uh, seeing as the Reliant is the closest vessel, um, uh, contact has been made with the Dwemer to um, to pause things while um, while the Reliant goes out uh, searching. Graves nods, sighs again, fearing this isn't. A terribly auspicious day, but he's happy to kind of get back on the road after days upon days of diplomatic talks, and what ultimately turned out to be rather sort of by the book's first contact affair once the conclave issues were sorted out. So he stands up, tugs his uniform, tries not to notice the sim roll um, on his uniform now, and he steps out on the bridge and says, All right. Lieutenant Moon, we have a distress call to C2. Follow the um, uh, follow the coordinates specified in our emergency broadcast, and let's get this show on the road. Uh, there is a brief flurry of activity in engineering, as they were not expecting things to happen. Um, sort of happens as, as throughout the ship, as, as um, the lazy... Not lazy, but sort of like the casual sort of atmosphere is sort of turned. Oh crap! We actually have to do something now. Um, so the lion gets going, uh, goes to warp. It's it's only it isn't far away, uh, just uh, six hours away by travel to the point. Um, the lion starts to approach the exterior. Um, to approach the system still technically at warp. Um, where do you want to uh, drop out? Well, basically, a reasonably safe distance to get a look um, for dropping out of warp. Okay, so you, so you were dropping out uh, outside the system on the very edge, um, basically um, just as the... the, the, the the main uh, star's gravity starts to properly grab a hold of the ship. Um, uh, the foot, j- just a little bit past the um, the orbit of the furthest furthest um, planetoid, and um, 
as you see, you get a very strong, as, um, as, you, as you land, you get a very strong, clearly Federation pulse of a distress signal coming from the inner planets. Um, so distress call is coming from the inner planets. Is it on one of the planets or in orbit? Is there any sort of proximity that we can um, specify there? Okay, so as um, as you start looking at the system, the, the, the arrangement of the system, there's three outer gas planets um, uh, and in a um, asteroid belt, and then three harder rocky planets, uh, sort of very similar to Mercury, Earth, and Venus in that order. The um, so the distress call is clearly coming from the second planet. Um, basic, just passive scans pick up, pick up uh, a class M planet, um, but uh, there is also Something strange about it. There's um, sort of like a, a gaseous anomaly sort of coming around the planet as well. Sort of like a red sort of nebula that is just sort of uh, orbiting with the planet. Okay. So Setsa is going to be doing some um, this, uh, long-range scans of... The system looking for any signs of hostile activity, specifically any signs of additional ships, and then also the uh, gaseous anomaly. Okay, so the um, let's do a reason science for uh, detecting any kind of ships. All right, I don't think any focuses would apply. So, do 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 successes. Two successes. That's enough. You are picking. You pick up the the warp trail of what appears to be the uh, USS Cerberus, but um, no other vessels. There's no signs of any other um, warp travel or iron trails of, or any kind of you know uh, starship movement apart from what was the USS Cerberus, which does appear to head towards the uh, second planet. Uh, Setsa raise, raises a hand and calls out on the bridge. Um, I, well, I'm not seeing anything uh, in the system that would indicate hostile activity or anything beyond the gaseous anomaly that looks out of place, and the warp trail of the Cerberus appears to intersect with the second planet. So it looked like it done crashed. The warp trail intersects with the planet. That's more than just a crash. That's more like a vaporization. So, so it's um, uh, just so it, it, it's uh, warp warp to, into the system, and then sort of like an iron trail from the the impulse and the general thrust thrusters that actually take it all the way to uh, the planet. Yeah, never mind. That makes more sense. And great math says, "All right." Well, we could simply follow them and likely run into the same issue, so let's get a handle of what that um, anomaly cloud is. All right, give me an insight science for the anomaly. Two successes. All right, so you, you do get a good idea. Um, 
the signal from the Cerberus is rather um, a bit too clear. It uh, there should at least be some kind of uh, amplift, um, like um, attenuation loss, and maybe a little bit of bit of deterioration in the quality of the audio. But everything is a bit too clear, crisp. It's like almost like you're standing right next to it. Uh, sets of finds that the the feud is not only sort of enhancing the energy of things around it, as in like the enhancing the um, the signal strength and the clarity of the or the distress call, but there's some kind of element where it's uh, how it's doing this is is it's sort of affecting the the physics of the local area, and through that traditional like um, like thrusters and uh, impulse engines uh, are going to be like quite funky, and that's probably the cause of the crash. All right, Setzer relays this information and says. <laughs> You're muted, Duncan. Ah, damn it. <laughs> I did the wrong button, even though I've got everything set up right. Anyway, that's what it says. Um, yeah, so it does appear that the ship encountered an anomaly, and that disrupted its systems, amplifying things where they should be amplified, and that's also why we're receiving the distress calls, clearly, despite range and monetary, uh degradation. So it appears that we should not a uh, come in close contact with the planet until we have the engineering team make appropriate modifications to our gear, and we should also make sure that we test this out using probes and other small craft. Brave nonsense. Alright, very good. Uh, let's get right here on those right away. Also, let's have Chorog assist with that, since um, small craft operations would definitely be his area of expertise. Uh... In general, though, let's have the medical team standing by as well to be able to assist any wounded that may be aboard the USS Cerberus, and let's just try to find a way to recover it. Also, Kara, if you want to go help, uh, definitely feel free. Yeah, all right. I'll go make sure nobody scratches my babies. She stands up and heads for the shuttle bay. Uh, uh, can I get to to do also another, say, uh, insight, um, science? That's doing good tonight. She's got another two successes. Okay, so in in addition to the comms, uh, the uh, distress call, which is Federation standard and sort of automatically detected and, and re relayed uh, from the second planet, there is clear signs of radio broadcast communication coming from the planet. There is come another. This is. Almost another first contact situation. Sets uh, uh, hand shoots up and she says, Um, also, we have radio traffic from the planet, so it appears that we also have a pre warp uh, first contact scenario on our hands as well. Yeah. Graves just blinks, looks at Setsa, sets of shrugs. Graves sighs and says, All right, all right. Yeah, let's go ahead. Hopefully not have to deal with that too much, but let's have also Eli standing by in case we need to do any uh, any infiltration of pre-warp civilizations based on physical appearances. 
In the meantime, let's go ahead and try to get what we can of the radio transmissions, uh, cultural information, language information, stuff like that, general lay of the land, as it were. All right, can I get Chirog um, to do an insight? Um, let's go reason engineering. There we go. That's one success for Chorro. Okay, and I'm gonna give him uh, uh, the engineering team's free success. Um, just a sec. You see? Um, I don't know, Baz is doing something. Yeah, Baz had to attend to something, so... We are, we are filling the dead time. That will surely be edited out. All right, well, we can say filling. anything. Okay, since we're sure filling dead give time, him something uh, to edit. Uh, Trog has been in his quarters this whole time. Uh, working on repairing and rebuilding his new destructor pistol that had not been working correctly. When he received a summons to head to the, to the shuttle bay to go on the away mission. Tarok packs his usual away mission kit and heads to the shuttle bay where he meets Kara by the shuttle. She looks at him carrying all his gear and just kind of stares at him for a minute and says, Hold up, Space Cowboy. we got to alter the shuttle first. There's some kind of weird anomaly thing. All right, sorry about that. A uh, housemate came in. I uh, had to talk to him. Uh, All right, Chirog, um, with the assistance of the rest of the, the um, engineering team, uh, you send some, send some, um, uh, make some modifications and, and try. Um, but with the sensors, sensor readings that you got from Setsa, um, you don't think that you can find something that'll work both in normal space and what is, um, in the area affected by, uh, the anomaly. However, um, as the, as energy is, is almost, like, enhanced here, um, maybe... You could do something with the trans. Maybe the transporter would work better. Car actually looks over and says, Second option. We go ahead and do that, and we use the tractor beam to get across the threshold both, both ways. In other words, we tractor beam push the shuttle into the anomaly, fly down, land, do whatever, fly back up, and then use the tractor beam to pull back out of the anomaly. Uh, we're going to be doing that. We should probably reinforce the tractor emitters just in case. I still like the idea better than transport, personally. Yeah, looking at these readings, you know, I don't think tr running the transporter through that would be a good idea. We might turn up on the planet inside out or something. I, I don't want to risk that. All right, so there is, um, uh, sure, I'll give me a control engineering check. Okay. Huh. Two successes. Alrighty then, with that you're able to um, sort of re-firm up the, the tractor beam to make it um, 
bit more accurate so that when you do, when the tractor beam does start, uh, does lock on to the shuttle, that it doesn't, that it won't bring any of the anomalous material with it. Kara hits her combat and says, Captain, we got good news and bad news. What you want first? Uh, let's go with the bad news. The bad news is we can't wire up the shuttle in such a way as to work both inside the cloud and outside the cloud. All right, so how'd you solve it? That's the good news. We don't have to. We can use the tractor beam to push the shuttle into the cloud, fly down, do whatever we need to do, fly back up to the edge of the cloud, and use the tractor beam to pull the shuttle back out. Great. We'll also have John standing by in case we need. Right Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you... you... I mean, we're, we're going in blind. Do you have any information? Well, that's what I was hoping our analysis of the radio frequencies would be able to provide, especially if those are uh, containing visual information. We could disguise the away team. Are those from the same planet? Uh, second planet. Okay, sorry. I was. I must have missed that during the briefing. Oh, wait, we didn't have a briefing. No, we just kind of uh, went at this. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm going to get to work uh, making sure that we are, well, that analysis coordinated and Eli's got what he needs in case we need to um, doctor some people up. And, yeah, I'll signal once uh, the away team's ready to go. All right, just run everything past Goral and Setsa. In the meantime, I'm just going to yeah. come back to the Goral's bridge. Sounds good. Graves out. Kara shrugs at Chorak. No flying yet. So you, you uh, do, you do um, with the examination of the signals... Um, Setsa and Goral are able to pass audio and and standard uh, video signals. There, they're old enough that I mean, you know, you, you know the various ways that pre-warp civilizations can uh, encode signals and audio and video into into the kind of radio traffic. So um, you're able to get the video up pretty easily, and. Um, there is some variation in terms of body type, colors, um, but it's pretty much uh, your standard humanoid. Um, maybe it, it, standard humanoid with um, like red, some green, some blues uh, coloring. Um, but um, as you start looking at it, um, you see some people flying. The thing is, you're not certain if it's just standard visual effects or if there's more to it than that. Kara looks at the report and looks back to Graves on the bridge. The hell is this? A planet of superheroes? Ah, no idea, but hey, they might have an easier time of getting some... Oh, jetpack hover hoverpack technology working with the field. I mean, just if everything's getting a little bit of a boost, then maybe it's not so difficult. I don't know. Pretty. We probably should go down with uh, some gravity repulsor belts or something like that, just in case it turns out to be a natural ability, and everybody asks why we're not doing it. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and have that. Um, definitely have John subtly at the scene, too, in case any additional equipment's needed on the fly or additional personnel. So, definitely for this way team, um, you're good at the diplomacy. 
well as the engineering side of it as well. So let's go ahead and do our standard group. Let's take uh, DB as well. He's good at improvising on the scene and Setsa and uh, I'd like Grawl on the scene, but that definitely is going to work. So let's have Grawl on the comms with Setsa so they can co uh, coordinate on, um, yeah, on the social analysis. Roger that. I guess I'll head down to Eli and let him cut off my tail and ears and turn me blue. Yeah, yeah. She can also go down to comfort Setsa. Never likes it when this happens. She's not the only one. But hey, you need somebody to fly the shuttle, so guess that's me. I mean, you could stay on the shuttle if you really wanted to. Nah. If something weird's gonna be going down, I'm gonna go ahead and help with it. Alright, so go ahead, I guess, and deliver the uh, requirements to engineering, and the rest of us will go down and have a fun makeover. I sure hope this doesn't end like last time where I became a deflated beach ball. Oh boy, uh... We'll see if Eli can do something with Chorog. We could always just I put... look lousy and blue. <laughs> I was just saying, we could always put Chorog in one of those racing outfits and he just never opens the helmet. I have my own helmet, thank you very much. Gotta Ar blend just... in with the locals. Ar just grins and then heads for the turbo lift to head down to sick bay for... Ah, plastic surgery. Alright, so, um... Who is, who is going on the way team? Precisely. Okay, so uh, it would be difficult for Rick. So let's go ahead and have one of Rick's engineering people, um, sort of second command of engineering. Uh, definitely, uh, either, we'll see about, yeah, I think Eli, Setsa, Kara, DB, and Shorog. Oh, send an Eli. That means that uh, Nurse Ged gets to do the surgery on him. I'm not doing yeah. surgery. Yeah. yeah, like, you mentioned that we could use hollow emitters. So long as those work, then yeah, let's just go with that option. Oh, hey, that's I way better than sure the time we had to go were. to uh, the Oompa Loompa planet. Yeah. In that case, Kara heads down to the engineering lab to get the necessary hollow emitters. And is definitely much more into this plan now. That's it is, too. So is Chorob. <laughs> All right. So Eli is going. Yeah, yep. Eli's going. All right, he's getting the yep. hollow. Otherwise, we're... otherwise, yeah. Um, I mean, option B would be to send if we've got him on board, send a checkers with him too. He can't act normal on the ship. Are you sure you want him on an away team? <laughs> uh, I was saying that out of character. Like, I mean, it is. Yeah, one I of was the saying that out of character too. Anyone... But there you go. Yeah. So, definitely, like, it's one of those options where it's like, if you need to deal with a left-field situation, that's kind of the logic in sending uh, DB in there as well. It's like, well, we could send Starfleet personnel, but at the same time, we kind of want people who think differently than Starfleet, because maybe that'll resonate more with the locals. But, at any rate, yeah, so, Eli, Chorog, DB, Kara, Setsa, and uh, Rick's number two, their humanoid. All right, so uh, Rick sends off a um, uh, Nathan Madison. He is uh, second in command. Who's um, who's more of a he? He has more of a like a small craft uh, experience, like uh, Mike Chorog, um, and uh, and uh, pretty much uh, just hands out. Um, these holographic emitters, which 
which are based on the the video of sort of like mix and match and sort of like use a like use the the computer to sort of like just sort of uh, pick different elements from different faces and and put basically put them on the on this on, on this one face, um, so to try to not copy someone just but as long as it's you know same rough features and and um, nothing particularly stands out. Um, so you all um, get to choose a different color uh, that your body is um, as you all uh, board the shuttlecraft and. Um, so this is a two-stage process. First, you have to get out of the hangar bay, which involves the the, um, the landing tractor beams controlling. So instead of the, the shuttlecraft engines lifting off and taking out, the tractor beams from within the hangar craft pick you up and, and send, send you forward. And the ship's own uh, tractor beams start lock on. Uh, so it could have someone uh, try a security... Uh, control security check uh, for the ship. Uh, let's say, uh... yeah, Captain Graves. Actually, let's have Larissa do it. That works. I mean, <laughs> have a check difference. Do it. <laughs> oh, check. Uh, he he he's tending things. Uh, but it's for the, it's a ship roll anyway, so it's just going to be a security, and then what was the other stat? Uh, security control um, uh, for the ship, uh, for Marissa, and then um, weapons uh, security for the ship. Okay. So security, Larissa gets two successes, and then for the ship, three successes. Uh, so it it, it uh, the ship only had one like dice, but it still uh, it still gets two successes. You get two momentum. We have four momentum. Trying to add a, trying to do the command to add momentum. But Meanwhile, still... on the shuttle, Kara plays around with her hollow emitter for a minute. It ends up with a wildly asymmetrical face with a nose in the middle. But she just kind of looks over at Charog. Hey, look, I'm Picasso. Charog looks up from his controls. Ugh. I, I, I like that look on you. You uncultured swine. Kara resets it back to normal and just kind of waits for control of the ship again. Charog looks back over at Kara. Uh, What's a Picasso? A famous Terran artist, famous for doing surrealist works. I'll take your word for it. As he fiddles with his own hollow emitter and comes up with a what can be best described as misshapen green fellow. Yeah, you know, I kind of like this look. You look like an Orion that's been in a traffic accident. Thank you. Perfect. That's a is a elegant blue lady. A little bit more keeping her facial structure and appearances, but they just in a rather more ornate variant of their attire and. Sitting in the back, just reading a data pad. All right. Eventually, the 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 tractor being locking on strongly, and and um, it, it pushes the shuttlecraft quickly towards um, the the planet at a, at a strong angle. Um, the shuttlecraft 
continues on for a moment um, and enters beyond the orbit of, of its single moon. Uh, um, uh, so it approaches the orbit of its single moon when the um, when it starts to pass through the into into the anomalous material, and with that, um, the lights of the of the thing just sort of flicker as as uh, the engines sort of automatically start up, and um, Kara now has full control of the ship. Kara, you know, looks over the controls and says. All right, everybody, sit down, shut up, and don't yell. And she turns the craft into a steep dive toward the nearest wilderness area that she can get near the uh, recorded position of the uh, distress signal. If all else fails, she veers towards caution and goes to an unoccupied area. Uh, all right, so uh, first of all, yes, they also do have uh, hair, which is just as vibrant, just as... Um unusual for human for well for humans um sort of like i mean it is pretty much the traditional kind of superhero kind of colors um but as as kara uh, arrives approaches the area where the um where the signal comes from there is um clearly a city close by to it. It's about, say, about still like 30, 40 kilometers away from the city, but um, it, with, um, with, this, with, with clear radio capabilities, then, well, they likely have some kind of radar. I can't help but feel like a Federation shuttlecraft would already be radar-proof, but Kara will just swing in a wide arc around the city to get where she's going and avoid anything that looks built up. All right, give me a control uh, con for flying casual. Two successes. Okay, that is that is definitely good enough. You you um it, the the, the rate uh, whatever radar or there is no response to you as you come by and uh, approach the scene where the where the Cerberus is crashed. Um, you clearly see the Cerberus. It is, it is a very large uh, vessel, but it's sort of half buried. Uh, it, it's like the, the crust of the earth is sort of like cracked and it's gone through into like a section below. You can see this, this, uh, billowing out of, of some kind of smoke from the edges of the uh, of the thing of the um, uh, of where the, the Cerberus has, has crash landed in um, there is it, it's certainly the sensors are definitely picking up like a hollow like a, a giant um, oh, what's the phrase um yeah, it, it, it's a thin layer of crust, but there's like a giant hole underneath it. Um, so it, there, there is that clear, clear signs of, of debris, but 
not all of it is is visible. Most of it's probably underground. <sighs> all right, double taps your badge. Captain, we got a real mess down here. They definitely totally crashed into the planet. I don't know about survivors. I don't know how we're going to get them out of here. I don't know how we'd destroy the wreck if we couldn't get them out of here. All of a sudden, this has turned into a gigantic mess. And they've caused enough damage down here that if the local populace hasn't been on the scene yet, I'll eat my shirt. All right. Uh, get a handle of the situation. Just uh, priority is the crew. We can have John jump down to the photon torpedo if we really need to. But let's first get a handle of the people and then um, figure out if there's been any contact so far. Roger that, Captain. I'll set down near the wreck and see if we can find anybody. Charles so Captain's risk there. We should also get a team in there to assess the status of the warp core. If it's leaking, that can cause a tremendous problem. Yeah, I'll just send John down to take the warp core out once you guys get a handle of the situation down there. Uh, l let's go ahead and have our uh, our engineering partner look at it first. If we can get the thing flying again, that'd be great, and we'd need the warp core for that. If not, we're going to need to get John down here to get, get rid of the antimatter pods. If they get unstable, the entire planet will go. In any event, let's go find someone to talk to. Kara turns the shuttle and goes to land it as close as she can to the wreck. You know, once we land this thing, we should probably try to cover with, like, you know, some kind of local flora and fauna to try to hide our presence. That's when you, that's when you need some curious onlookers finding a shuttle that don't belong here. Kara looks at Chorog, and then out the window at the massive, unhideable wreck, and then back at Chorog. Just an idea. <laughs> Kara has a slight giggle and just go ahead and sets the shuttle down. I'll lock the doors while we're out. Uh, for the moment, you may want to go ahead and turn off your hollow disguises. We don't want any crew that we might find from the Cerberus thinking we're locals. Aw, but I just figured mine out. Okay, leave it on. But the point is, is be able to turn it off to at least verify who you are. Okay. And by the way, Daniel, all he's managed to figure out on the flight over is just, he just, is, he looks exactly the same, except his skin is kind of red. Just act casual. Yes, uh, as we casually explore this wrecked ship. And with that, let's take a break. Hermione has sent a shuttle down to the surface of the planet, modified to work uh, within the anomalous gaseous area that uh, surrounds the planet. Uh, they've come to the remains of the USS Cerberus that has crashed directly into the planet, and most of which is below surface. So the shuttle lands down, and they are now ready um, to get out. From the uh, immediate area scans, there doesn't seem to be, be any signs of life within, say, a couple of hundred meters. Kara nods and just kind of heads toward the ship looking for some sort of ingress. If they don't find anybody alive, then the main thing they need to do is sabotage the ship to utterly destroy it. The planet looks rather Earth-like as you step out and, and look out. Trees, grass, sky, even though it has this, the, the red tinge from the, the anomalous gash, is, it, it's, it's still 
very reminiscent of the the, the radiance are still very this is what earth would be like if it had a red sky pretty much um and everything what everything it just rather seems normal and quiet Arnold should, continues looking for a way into the ship. We should take a soil sample near the ship to make sure there's no antimatter leakage or, con- or contamination. Um, um, if there was antimatter leakage, you could tell from the neutrinos. I mean, it's antimatter. It instantly destroys itself. There could be any other kind of uh, contamination as well. If we're going to try to clean this up, we might as well make sure that the ship's intact and not leaking anything. Right, right. I'll go look at dirt. Better safe than sorry, you know what I mean? Sorry, Setsa. Alright. Setsa looks at the dirt. Yeah, the dirt does seem normal. Um, but as as Setsa's, like, scanning it, there is a slight rumble. Um, you hear this, hear this loud but low grumbling growl uh, come from the other side of um come from yeah from the other side of the Cerberus um he feel like a a thud coming through as something is coming closer something large our size pulls out her type 1 phaser and just says nothing is ever easy even when it's hard it's never going to go the easiest way of heart. Uh, as, as you prepare yourself, you see from coming from around the side, you see this uh, large dog sort of wreathed in flame from the edges of the fur sort of covering around. It's it's not burning. It's the fur is, is, is resistant. And you see one... No, two, three heads, three dog heads on this body. Uh, as a, and as each head breathes in and out, you see uh, 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 like a burst of of fire coming out, as if it breathes fire. Car tops are combat. Captain, either this anomaly is really weird, or I've been on drugs. We've got a Cerberus down here. Uh, a Cerberus on the Cerberus. No, it, near it, though. Uh, all right, um, well, let's pay close attention to our fantasy thoughts, uh, make sure things don't get out of hand for some previous Starfleet missions, and, uh, what's the shuttlecraft called? Uh, I don't know, I didn't have a name for the shuttlecraft. That's we probably for the best. A- we haven't devised a naming scheme for the ship. All right. And I'm I was saying all this bo- out of character. <laughs> well, yeah, basically, if it's none, that's going to make Graves feel bad. His, his implication was maybe it'll spawn something. Well, we don't have is a naming convention, he- so for right now, let's just say it's unnamed. It is Shuttle 1. Okay. Right, so Graves will say to that. Um, all right. So the worst that can happen is that big number one appears. So you're probably fine with that. But, um, yeah, John's down there, so if you need any special assistance, he's available. Car just kind of looks around. 
Does anybody know any more about Greek mythology than I do? It's a Cerberus. It's the guardian. It's the guardian of the underworld. I'm more into Roman mythology, but yeah, I think what Chorog says is about right. I have studied some ancient Earth mythologies just because it's an interest of mine. So John is on the scene. John is on the scene. Is currently throwing pokeballs at it. Just little toy pokeballs, but he's trying to catch it. Uh, John, John, not helping. Yeah, don't don't oh. do that. Maybe get oh. some dog treats or something. Uh, it, it don't want dog treats. Well, it don't want to talk either, it don't seem like. At least it hasn't a- attacked us as of yet. Yeah, it, it's it sort of uh, growls at you as as um it 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 slowly comes to you, but stops as the the grumble turns into words suddenly the the form of the Cerberus sort of shrinks down to the form of a person um the form of the captain of the USS Cerberus a uh, captain Oliver Smith there's a long slow blink from Kara um did you get superpowers well, it seems that the whatever caused the crash has enhanced um, holographic capabilities, uh, and well, is um, I am feeling uh, definitely different than I was before. Um, so my hollow emitter, and he sort of taps on his um, to 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 the. Um, Basically, a Starfleet Delta badge thing on his on his shoulder um, was able to replicate not only this giant form but sounds and and the got seems to actually made fire. Being able to keep the locals scared away um, from the ship. Uh, acting as its guardian, uh, but uh, we and we do have uh, about uh, only a hundred. Uh, about half of the crew survived the crash, but well, we're at least here. Kara nods and looks back at the uh, shuttle, and then she just turns off her disguise for a bit. And says, "Yeah, well, I don't think." All right, that's probably. That's probably good. I mean, you can... I mean, John's not having any troubles for jumping, so we could just have him ferry people two at a time. That should... I mean, it's going to take a little bit, but not too long. I mean, it would be possible to pull everyone up that way. Um, but if you can get the, the ship moving... Yeah, I was going to say, maybe do that with the most injured, and let's have a look and see if the ship can be repaired, and if it can't... Have the engineering team maybe work on, on that transporter tech to get through this nonsense, if they can. All right. I mean, I have um, an idea. Uh, all right. What do you got, Eli? It doesn't have to be two at a time. Um, you could just put them on the shuttle, and he can just transport the shuttle back and forth, you know, with his... That's at least six people, so it's less jumps at the very least. Yeah. I mean, you could also do that with, like, just, like, a cargo plate. I mean, it doesn't have it to doesn't be space-worthy. So, yeah, just that's some number of people at a time. He's just not going to be able to pull everyone up at once. 
Anyway, yeah, Kara just um, kind of nods and looks to Captain Oliver and just says, All right, we'll have time for morning later, but right now we need to see, deal with the Cerberus. If we can get it flying, so much the better. If not, we'll have to scuttle the ship. There is also um, concerned about whatever we crashed into, where this is just... Uh, there is more down there beneath the surface than I think um, we're ready. And if we were to completely remove the Cerberus, then we'd be, well, removing the cork, so to speak, and whatever is down there would... Because this gas is... Um, I, I don't know what effect any of this would have. We don't have access to any of our equipment and the tricorders, well, there... That's a race as a hand. So, let's let's stop for a second. Let's stop. So, you're saying a gas might escape if you move the Cerberus or destroy it? Well, I mean... Not only the gas, but, I mean, this is a completely... Um, the caverns below uh, of extremely vast. We were able to detect that before, well, we crashed, and there might be other things down there. All right, well, I'm. that's something, but we can work on the transporter solution to take care of that, just basically perform surgery to pull up bits of the Cerberus and then transport down bits to Pelin where it was. Kara just nods and says, either way, that's Graves' problem. Let's go see about your people. Let's do that first, and Graves can figure out how he's going to get us out of this mess. All right. Well, uh, all right. Well, there this way. Come on. Um, we've got a little. There's a cave about three hundred meters this way. Roger, Dodger, and without bothering to put her disguise back on, she just follows them. The um, John has also called down the other baby tardigrades to help out with the rescue operation. So they are ferrying people up and down as John also accompanies the group. Oh, we're going to need to replicate so many spores. So, so eventually, um, a, a initial uh, the the worst injured of the crew were uh, sent first, triaged. Um, most. Uh, just have some minor injuries, maybe a sprain, a, uh, like a, a splint required. Um, some are uh, only a couple, a bit more serious. Uh, but there, there is still somewhat some reasonable that haven't been rather affected. The inertial dampers, or, or they were strapped in, or something, um, where they're able to get away relatively without injury um so eventually the remainder of the crew um apart from captain smith obviously is 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 evacuated back up to the reliant through the shuttle and john's spore jumps okay um she looks around well i'm not really an engineer but it seems like the next thing we should probably do is check to see exactly how much of the star drive remains or if that entire section of the ship has just been crushed that's the case, and the warp core might be unreachable if it's if the star drive has been crushed. 
Yeah, exactly. On the other hand, if the saucer took most of the impact... Um... Well, I mean, if the warp core has been crushed, I mean, the ship would have already been... Well, it would have already exploded. I mean, you lose containment, and yeah, there's just... There's no metal there. This is true, but there still might not be enough of the star drive left to get the thing back in the air. There at least has to be enough of a power system there, um, power running through the ship so that the, the containment doesn't fall. It is, it, it is definitely damaged, but um, it is accessible, barely. Car leads the group down that way to see just how bad it is. Um, Jeffrey's tubes. Everybody loves the Jeffrey's tubes. They, 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 they're they're in her fancy outfit. <laughs> it depends. Not not all the Jeffrey tubes might be accessible if there's been uh, catastrophic damage. Yeah, it is a mix of, of damage to the Jeffrey tubes and to the standard hallways. Uh, you're going to have to sort of go through some Jeffrey tubes, some hallways. There's there's panels hang, dang, dangling from the ceiling, some with lights, cords just sort of falling in the middle of the way, some various um, plasma leaks that... Um, that that are that were there but have been clamped down, um, scorch marks, um, some some blood. It's it's very uh, worse for wear in terms of of um, of everything. But it is it is barely navigable to to engineering. You make your way. Um, engineering is slightly crumpled. Um, and a lot of the consoles have blown, but the, the, the core, the fundamental warp core is still pulsing. Courage and gestures. I'm not a scientist and I'm not an engineer. If you can make it fly, I can make it out of here, but that's up to y'all. Well, first thing we need to do is examine the dilithium crystal articulation frame, see if it's even capable of producing a reaction. If there is any kind of damage to that chamber, then we're... Remember SOL as far as getting this ship in the air. Kara nods and will take directions as required, but again, she's not an engineer. All right, that would so, be Baz's character. Yeah, can I get Churog to assist on a roll here? Let's do um, reason engineering from Churog. Okay. Looks like one success apiece for Ensign Nathan... Well, actually, I guess it would be Lieutenant, at least Nathan, and Chorog. All right, so there's good news and bad news. What do you want first? Give me the good news first. The bad... The the good news is that uh, it hasn't... um, Containment is locked down, and there's not any chance of immediate explosion... The bad news is that there isn't, um, you're not going to be able to get the warp core to work again. Kara nods and sighs. Okay, so now the two options we have left are blow it up, which is bad, and leave it here, which is bad. 
Well, there's a third option. Just because the warp core is incapable of producing warp drive doesn't mean that the impulse reactors aren't aren't offline. We could probably we might be able to get them to work, depending if the if the fusion reactors are still online. Sorry, shrugs. I really wish I'd paid attention in engineering class. Daniel, okay. Nathan, can you go over to go over to one of those engineering consoles and assess the assess the functionality of the ship's fusion reactor to see if we get the impulse drive working? All right, I'll uh, take a look. Uh, uh, DB. Uh, all right, I'll take a look. At this point, Daniel, who was who wasn't following along with the group. Uh, finally catches up, now in his suit, uh, just kind of like looking around and checking a, a scanner that he's, hold, that he's kind of pointing in different directions. Hara just kind of takes up a spot watching the door. With everybody else dealing with engineering problems, she feels a little superfluous now. Alright, can I get um, DB to do... Let's do inside security. Okay, one success is enough for DB. There is, um, you pick up large explosions of energy outside of the ship. Two life forms that seem to be moving around. Uh, hey guys, uh... I don't know if it's just wildlife or not, but something's moving around outside the ship. Great! You and I can go take care of that. Kara <clears throat> nods. Let me know if you need backup. Yeah, well, we'll bring on. Be careful, you two. Uh, yeah. uh and uh, while they're gone, uh, Nathan speaks up and says, Well, uh, fusion power is about 50%. Um, I think we can get power to the impulse drives. Fifty uh, percent's a good starting point. Let's see what let's see what other kind of unnecessary systems we can shunt into it. Is the is the is the fusion uh, anti is the fusion reaction antimatter based? Uh, no, it's a nuclear fusion. Uh, that would not be my area of expertise. Yeah, a completely separate system from the warp drive. It's also the reason when the warp drive goes offline, the ship doesn't go entirely dark. What do we got left in the backup? What do we got left in the auxiliary batteries? Uh, we could transfer some power from the auxiliary batteries into the into the impulse systems. Ex- I'd like to see. I'd like to see that number at least seventy percent. Yeah, we uh, we do have auxiliary systems that um, have the battery backup. Um, there is some kind of blockage, but um, I think we should be able to link that in that too much, Hassel. All right, get started working on that, and we'll see what other kind of power systems we don't need on this bucket to get this thing in the, back into orbit. I hate to say it, but phasers is probably one of those systems that can go. Not a bad idea. Well, you work on getting the auxiliary batteries tied in. I'm going to see what we can get I want to see how much juice is left in the phasers that we can uh, pull into the uh, fusion reactors. All right, and let's jump to the people who have just gone out to see what's happening. Um, who, uh, 
as you crawl through the the remains and come out of Cerberus, of the USS Cerberus, you see uh, two uh, of the local inhabitants, the uh, the, the pre-warp civilization, uh, literally levitating before you, and uh, you hear them sort of shouting at each other. Um, it is very much sort of, I will stop you, um, you know, like the kind of, well, to superhero dialogue. I will, um, so the, one of them says, uh, I will take this power now that the Cerberus is gone and I will make you all show kneel before my power. And, uh, so it, uh, for the, um, for the others to go and respond, there is, there are many beside me who will stand to stop you. You will not see this power that you will die here. And, um, you see them sort of like launch at each other, uh, literally laser eyes from, both of them spark out and strike to the, the um to to this spot this um like glow sparkling kind of like uh, a jewel as as the the um uh, as they interact and, and prevent each other from uh hurting attacking the other side. Um you are just witnessing the start of what appears to be a s- a battle between a superhero and a supervillain. Okay, just waiting on Baz. Yeah, I'm back. What did you last uh, see? All right. Well, Setsa said, hey there, could you stop fighting over my movie set? They they don't seem... Um, seem to respond much, though one of them... The, the villain sort of looks to you and and there is a burst of 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 um of, of a brief burst of energy to that lands uh, at your feet this is mine and not yours stay away if you value your life it's it's a movie set what are you doing you think such a feeble attempt at deception would fool me? Ha <laughs> ha! Well, yeah, it's supposed to be realistic looking. I mean, we have this... Div- I, I've spent... Alright, this is a lot to deal with for, you know, a, a trained director myself, but... Uh, do I have to call local authorities? I mean, are you local authorities? She, she, she points to the other individual. I, this is a very delicate piece of art I've got here, and I don't want you mucking it about. It takes a lot to get the distraction to look just so. Uh, my name is uh, Justica, and I will stop this Inervon, who will, from the power within, we know this landed here. Not long ago, and this is not a set, so you will vacate this premises 
for your own safety. Even if you you are who you are, it is best to go. I will hold him off. I'm not going anywhere. This is my property. She stands in her haughtiest uh, attitude possible. Eli is has brought his rifle, by the way. <laughs> I want to shoot a super That's <laughs> <laughs> a size. Oh, is this the Muslim Nagat? No, that's Checkers. Eli has the, okay, Kel- okay. the Kelvin rifle, the phaser rifle. Uh, with that... Oh, yeah, I just say go for it and just say... Just it's like, go I, for I, stun. I, I, yeah, just go for stun. They have laser eyes. I, I feel like gun yeah, is yeah. least of our words. You can always lie and say, it came from my eyes when you weren't looking. <laughs> uh, right, I, I, I'm going to shoot at the bad guy. Uh, do a control security check for me. I uh, yes, hold on a moment. If this doesn't work, uh, Sets has got something. Uh, and uh, and for the for the uh, for the they are wearing capes. It is full on superhero costumes. Um, Jessica has this giant J. Novon has this. Um, doesn't have a knee, it's just sort of uh, like a big sort of boom kind of motif. <laughs> I did. I did it. Yeah, you got one success. Okay, they're not enough for uh, a, a good hit uh, with a rifle. With, they're just moving too fast uh, for, the, for, for your rifle shot to land. Sets aside and says, "All right, well, use my magnificent power to make him disappear." And she points to John, and John um, looks around and sees if he can put on like a bath towel. But no, so he'll go ahead and try to spore jump on the back of the villain and just spore jump him to some other location on the planet, and then spore jump back out of sight. All right, uh, give me a control security for John as well. Ooh. Um, I'd say if his four jumping is definitely going to be a focus of his once I pull up the big sheets of that side, they're one or two successes. Yeah, I'm going to count that as a two success. So, uh, two successes. So you, uh, you do successfully transport the villain some, uh, where do you want to send him? Um, uh, what's the geographic sort of layout of the planet? Are there any, like... Like really, just out of the way, boonie type areas. Um, South Pole. Put him on an island. Um, I mean, he can fly, so um, you'll yeah, be. So he's he's gonna he's gonna transport the supervillain to the equivalent to the Falkland Islands on this planet. All right, so it is. It is, there are some islands that are. A good uh, sort of, uh, let's say, how, uh, 500 miles, 800 kilometers Further. away. <laughs> More. Okay. <Further. laughs> uh, okay, there are yeah, some islands that do fit that bill that uh, that you can send him that are, that are up, in fact, up near the uh, um, Arctic Ocean, up, up near the, like, the Arctic polar regions 
so it is cold and isolated enough. It'll take a long while for him to go. And perhaps, I don't know, depending on on uh, how their pals work, um, maybe he'll get away, maybe not. Yeah, we'll see. So, um, yeah, so John it does his spore jump. He spore jumps back out of sight. And Setsu just looks to the uh, the Justicar and says, I'm very capable of defending myself, thank you. Uh, 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 and with that, uh, and Justicar sort of, sort of goes, hmm, all right. Uh, and with that, he slowly, like, lowers himself down to the ground and walks up. Uh, it is a pleasure to meet you, miss. Um... What like they have enough information about their names, so uh Yeah what? Yeah, so would Seth's actual name sound out of place? Um So so there's two ways you can do it. You could give a superior-esque name or what would be like her real life name depending in this world. Okay, so she's gonna give a superhero name. Um, okay, like a sec. Yes, yeah. Yes, hello. Hi, I'm Setsiatica, and I thank you for, uh, well, doing your best to supervise you, but yeah, I mean, we did a really good job of trying to method prepare this set for our big shoot, so hopefully we won't be here too long. Um, I... I do hope you are aware of the uh, the uh, demon Cerberus that protects this site. I presume you did the same. Um, not quite. The demon Cerberus is indeed a special effect. It is how well, special power associated with mine. He's off taking a bit of a rest right now, but I mean, it's a nice job. I mean. Not quite sure how he does it, but he's very good at those illusions, which is why he's in the special effects industry. You see him sort of, like, just sort of blink at a while. The the demon Cerberus is merely an illusion. Yeah, well, we didn't want people, you know, investigating this place like it was a real spaceship relic. I mean, that would have drawn all sorts of attention, and we're trying to, be a, trying to have this as a surprise. Um, for the movie coming out, so I do hope we can keep this a little under wraps because it's it, it, it's very critical to the marketing ca- campaign. You see, well, uh, very well, Miss uh, Setsika. I shall uh, keep your secret and the secret of the Cerberus. Um, just. Do be aware that there will be others like our friend that you have uh, dispatched who will try and, um, well, let's say, be just as aggressive as our friend here. Yes. Yes, and uh, do my best to keep them at bay, but it's, well, quite worth it for what we're putting together here. Um, give me a p- uh, presence command check for me, please. Crap. Uh, okay. 
Come on, Setsa. One success. Mm. That's crap. Uh, very well, and he'll hand you uh, like a little like business card. If there is any need of you have of such as one of myself who to to protect or to uh, assist you, then here take this card. You'll be able to use it to reach me. Oopsies. Setsa says. Thank you, thank you. It's much appreciated. Well, seeing as everything is now under control, I will bid you adieu. Have a good movie. Excelsior! Uh, and with that, Jessica starts flying away. Setsa just looks to Eli. Eli just looks back. He, he's not... He, he's out of sight from where he would have been shooting, but he's he's not wearing the hollow emitter. He's just sort of, like, giving her a look. Uh, Setsa walks over and says, Alright, well, we should probably keep a lookout here. Definitely have John on hand to do the disappearing trick. Maybe even skip or two for backup. Maybe. Um, I fear that that guy is going to be back. He could fly. Like, I, I, I give it an hour. Call- I have really far island, and they're like sheep and like nothing. Like, and the other side of planet. Do we know how fast he can fly at a maximum? Uh, if he comes back, I put him back. <clears throat> I mean, you could just put him on a nearby breathable moon or something. That'd be funny. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's funnier to put him with the sheep again. Maybe he's gonna make friends. Eh. All right, well, uh, I'm going back to work on the injured that are <laughs> sent to the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could turn out bad. It could. I mean, yeah, actually, if he's out of the field, he wouldn't have his powers, necessarily. Eli slings his rifle, and he's going to go back to helping whatever injured or left down here. Uh. <laughs> Just give me a... I think we brought them all up. Uh, yeah, just just give me a, a let's say, uh, control medicine, just to give us a quick overview of, of how everything happened. I think it went pretty well. Hmm, it did go very well. Um, you were, even without support, you were able to triage and deal with the most immediate... Life threading criticals and stabilize them enough to to um get shuttled back aboard. Um in the meantime, back in uh within the bowels of the Cerberus, um Churro, can I get you to do uh control engineering? Okay. Setsa, meanwhile, is going to be looking through the costumes, and she she's picking out a superhero costume for herself right now. Okay, okay one success, one complication. So, so the complication is that um, you're, you you you've su- succeeded. You're able to get some power, but uh, many of the systems were already non-functional. 
So there wasn't any power going to them anyway. You only received like a 5% boost towards the um, um, power ready for, um, for using the impulse drives. Well, we have 55%. I have an idea. I just wish John was here. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, with the auxiliary batteries, Nathan is able to add another 10%. So you're at 65%. Um, not, still not quite enough to get the impulse engines functioning, but getting close. If John were here, I'd have him score jump back to the Reliant and get us a power converter to give us a little extra juice. Speaking of the Reliant, can't they just help with the tractor beam or something? Just kind of take the load off the the engines down that here? Interfer interference field is, is preventing that. Ah. Trog taps his wrist com. This is Trog. John Tardigrade, can you spore jump in here, please? We, I have an idea. Yeah. He spore jumps in and quickly says, there, there were superheroes and supervillains, and they were fighting, and then, then I, I, I sent the bad guy to a heat farm in uh, the Far Island. Cool. Laura does a slow blink, just says, I'm not paid enough for this, and continues watching the door. Uh, John, I don't uh, suppose... I John, I don't suppose you could sport jump back to, back to Reliant and pick up a, a small power converter from engineering for we needed to tie into the systems. Easy peasy. Yeah, he spore jumps, and then spore jumps back. If there are uh, without, if there aren't any complications, and uh, no complications. Um, so John spore jumps back, and he's got the power of Huey. Thank you, John. Uh, All right, so I gotta go get a cake. Yes, you you go get cake. Cake. No, for superhero, because I'm going to be fighting them. Yeah. All right, let's get this power converter hooked into the power system and see just. See if we can get the systems up to 70, at least 70%. <laughs> so John is going to go ahead and sport jump back to Reliant, tell the baby tardigrades what's happening, and they're all going to dress as superheroes and sport jump back, and they're going to be the security detail for the, um, <laughs> for the Cerberus. Oh, I can't see how this is going to go wrong. Kara, meanwhile, is trying to rack her brains for ways to plug the gap once they pull the Cerberus up, but she's not coming up with much. Other than beam down lots and lots of junk. Uh, that's basically what Graves has already been working on. Uh, uh, DB, do you want to say that? Okay, uh, Daniel's been uh, Daniel's been scanning below uh, the caverns below to figure out what the heck's going on down there. Because someone mentioned gas at some point, and that's one of the reasons why he went and put on his suit. He just wants to figure out what's going on. Okay, give me uh, insight... And I'll accept science, engineering, or security. Yeah, I don't think there's enough power left in the Cerberus to use the Cerberus' scanners to attempt to scan the caverns. Oh no, he has uh, he has uh, the uh, handheld scanner that he's using. Plus, there's whatever sensors are in his helmet and stuff. What do you want me to roll to see if this power we can get this power converter? Uh, give me give me control engineering. Uh, for you and uh, then DB do the insight. Wait, what am I rolling? Uh, insight, uh, science, 
engineering or security, your choice. Okay, two successes. I get the power converter tied in. It brings it up to 69%. You're on the verge of success, but not quite enough. Obligatory. Nice. Nathan, do a quick power check. See if there's any other unnecessary power source being run on this ship right now that we can that we can uh, juice 1% out of. All right. Um, and, and with that, uh, Nathan gets start to scan while... While he's doing that, DB, you pick up, you do detect more, like, extra concentrated um, of the, the anomaly. It's, like, dense. It's the same readings that Setsu was getting aboard the ship, but more dense. More, more than that, you are detecting life forms down below. There are people living in a highly concentrated version of this gas. Uh, guys, um, before we take off, there's probably something you should all know. Uh, there's people down there, and, uh, that cloud that was around the planet is also down there, but, like, times ten. <sighs> well, I guess from what Oliver said, the first thing, but the people down there, that's... Great. Eli taps his combat. John, can you get me down there? Well, I'll scan and make sure you don't need it. Yes, make sure it's breathable. Can I make sure it's breathable air down there at least? I don't want you jumping down in some void where you're going to choke to death. I can always just take a respirator. Yeah, right, or you can respirator mask. You can come too. We just If there's injured down there, they might need a medic. Sorry for talking over you. No, it's all right. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. You better go down there and see what's down there. I don't want to yank this ship out of yank this ship out of the crust of this planet and that cave collapse. Probably well, it would be in our best interest. I'll find a respirator mask quick. Well, my meaning is that there's yeah, people there's... down there. I don't want to be responsible for killing those people when we yank this ship out of here. That's also a concern. All right, as 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 you're having this conversation, Nathan pick, picks up. We're uh, pulling every bit of power that we can, uh, boosting the output, everything way I can think of. Um, there's nothing aboard the Cerberus that we can use to boost the power. Um. Check the life support systems. If there's anything left in the life support systems. Already pulling it. Okay. Um, keep scanning and see if there's any just any small ounce of power we can pull out of somewhere. I'll, I'll look. To, I'll I'll try to scan as well. There's got to be some system that is still functioning that we can juice. Why not just bring batteries down from Reliant and plug them in? Well, the thing is, we already have one power converter hooked in. I don't want to overload the system. This ship has been through hell. This ship has been through hell. I don't want a chance plugging too many things in the system that we've blown everything that we're really uh, have a problem on our hands. All right. Um, so, who is going to be sent? 
at um like a spool jumped underneath. So it sounds like uh Eli and DB. Alright, so Eli and DB, you uh spool jump down, you find yourself in the middle of a of a vast underground rocky cavern. Um you the air is thick with 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 the with the vapor gas far more ten, dense than it is on the surface. It's like a a thick fog, thick red fog. Uh, as you uh, as you start to look around, as you look around, you you sense movement. These beings are large. Um larger than anything seen on top. Something is rushing towards you. And that is where we're going to have to end tonight's episode. Dun dun dun! Be continued. We're in the super gas chamber. That sounded bad. I didn't mean to... I didn't say that out loud until I said it out loud. (laughs) Yeah. Place your best now, people. Morlocks, Chuds, Molmen... Robots, robots, zombies, robot zombies, robot zombie ninja pirates, double zombies, they came to life and then died again. I think it's the Vikings. Why does anyone put up with us?